Our dear Lord, we thank you again for another opportunity to hear your word, to speak your word, to come together, to strengthen each other with the truth of your word. We know that your word is infallible and that the unadulterated word is what empowers the believer to walk out the mandates from heaven. We pray that what goes forth tonight will strengthen each one that hears and it will embolden us to continue to walk out our faith and do as you commanded us to do. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I want to ask each of you a question tonight. And that question is, do you know your authority? Uh, as believers in the body of Christ, a lot of us have struggled. I know I have over the years, and I've talked to others, many others who have struggle to know and understand and even exercise their authority that's given to them when they come into this faith. You know, we're more than just believers. We're warriors. You know, we are Christ's workmanship. And if we don't understand that, then we will act on things or we'll act in certain ways that really undermine the faith, the calling that's on our life. And we will live below the purpose that God has called us to live. And I want to start off telling the story that Jesus had performed a very phenomenal miracle. Um, you've all heard the story before where he fed the 5,000. And in this particular chapter of uh, 14 of Matthew, and this is when Jesus heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. And in verse 13, it reads that when Jesus heard it, he departed from the boat to a deserted place by himself. But the multitude heard it and they followed him on foot from their cities. Jesus went out and he saw the great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed the sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him saying, it is a desert place. And the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy them some food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed, and he broke, and he gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they ate all and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men besides women and children. You know, I love how Jesus always put his disciples on front street. They, they called out the situation. They said, listen, you know, we got a bunch of people out here. This is a deserted place and we need to send them away. It's getting late. You know, we don't want to be responsible for them saying I'm hungry. It's too dark to go home or basically whatever complaint they can come up with because of the inconvenience that will come out of the situation of them being out away from their homes on foot. And Jesus said to them, he said, give them something to eat. And 
he gave them a command. He said, you feed these folks. You feed them. And obviously, they didn't know that they had the authority to do so. They didn't know that they had the ability to bless the little that they had and transform it into enough to feed the 5,000 besides women and children. So they were pretty much confused. And that's like a lot of us today. We have not enough in our life. We come up against lack. We come up against sicknesses or situations where we just don't see how we're going to get out of it. And we say, God, we don't have enough. And God says, yes, you do. And he showed the disciples what to do. He said, you take what you have, the little bit that you have, you use the authority that I gave you. I commanded you to do it. I wouldn't, Jesus said, I wouldn't tell you to do something if you didn't have the ability to do it. So he had to show them. He said, this is what you do. You take the little that you have, you bless it, and you share it. And because Jesus demonstrated this to them, he even taught them that when they share what they have, they have more left over than the rest of the people who received the loaves and the fish. They said that the Bible says they had 12 baskets for each basket for a disciple. You know, when we come up against uh, these situations in our lives where we look at the where the world says, you know, we need to go to the bank and get a loan to pay our debts. We need to uh, call on somebody for uh, support. We need to put ourselves in bad situations, hoping to get out of a worse situation. This didn't happen in, in Christ's demonstration of the 5,000. And this is because we don't know our authority. A lot of us don't know that we have this authority that's been endowed on us by God through the faith, through us coming into this faith, walking with Christ. In Ephesians 2.10, it says that for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which were prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Before we walked into this faith, these works were already created for us to do the impossible, for us to perform miracles, for us to literally walk on water in our devastating situations. When everybody's sinking and falling apart, when they don't have enough, we're supposed to be in the overflow. Now, I don't mean specifically financially all the time because you hear that a lot. You know, God's going to open up your windows of, of heaven and pour you out a financial blessing. I mean that the whole person, the entire life that we have, you know, when people are stricken with depression and anxiety and fear, we as believers should be overflowing with joy, peace, happiness. When you look around, you see the world crumbling apart because of all the devastation and people literally don't know how to put one step in front of the other. We should have such great faith through the authority that Christ gave us that we are walking through the storm, even though we can't see what's in front of us. You know, after Jesus rose from the grave, he came back to his disciples and he told them this. He said, and these signs shall follow those who believe. He said, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And they will drink any, if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. 
It says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, I, I, I've talked often about the things we see happening in many church institutions today, especially here in America, the Western eyes culture of church. We really don't see sick people being made whole in church. We don't hear testimonies of those who cast out demons. It's not a popular thing. It's not common. And unfortunately, this is because the enemy has given substitutions for our mandates, for what Christ has called us to do, for the things that we are really ordered to operate in as a believer. We have an authority given to us through Christ Jesus to go and be phenomenal people in this, in this walk, in this faith. And we have to understand this because a lot of us are calling God, we're praying for God to do things. We are asking him to make a way. We're saying, Lord, if you just open up the door, if you just, you know, make it happen. You know, we, we're praying and saying, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. But the Bible says that we are Christ's workmanship. Those good works is healing, is blessing, is speaking to the dead thing and it coming back to life again. You know, we're supposed to do greater works than what Christ did. That's his command. That's his expectation for us. And I, I want to tell you guys that one of the biggest misunderstandings as well is when you hear folks say that the kingdom of heaven is coming. And because we say it in this sense, we're waiting on a certain time frame for heaven to show up because of the misunderstanding of the word and what Jesus said. We believe that this is when the kingdom of heaven shows, this is when we'll be able to finally do what God has called us to do. This is why Christ said in Matthew 4, 17, he says, for the time of Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Or as you read in the King James Version, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What he's saying to us is that the kingdom of heaven is right in our presence. It's in our midst. It's not coming to, to the earth to do anything in the earth. We are the kingdom of heaven. In this time frame before Christ returns, we are the ones that are supposed to fulfill God's work here on earth to set the captives free, you know, to loose the enemy. You know, the Pharisees came to him in Mark, in Luke 17, verse 20, and they said, uh, now when he acts, was now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of heaven would come, he answered and said, the kingdom of heaven does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. He said, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. This is absolutely critical to understand because if the kingdom of heaven is within us, then we should know that when we pray the prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then it's really up to us to exercise God's will here on earth. It's our responsibility. You know, when Jesus was uh, just got through uh, dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, 
In Matthew 16, he says, he asks his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, they said, some said John the Baptist, uh, some said Elijah, others said Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And here's the kicker part. Here's the part that we have to really grasp out of this entire teaching. He said that I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus Christ told Peter that he now has the ability to operate on the miracles, the blessings, the mandates of heaven. He said, you have the keys now. It's up to you. Are, are you able to, are, are you willing to do what I've commanded you to do? Are you willing to walk out what I've said? And you go back and you look at the verse before. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my people. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What rock was Jesus Christ talking about? He was talking about the confession that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Whoever confesses this, first and foremost, you, you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. And when you are doing it, the Holy Spirit is what gives you access to the kingdom. You now have the authority to stand against every darkness Satan tries to use against his church. And you have the ability to cast out, to bind, to loose everything in accordance to scripture. We have an authority that we need to exercise. We have an authority that we need to really take hold of and stop letting the devil whoop us. Stop letting them toss us to and fro with all the things that are happening in this world. We need to keep our eyes on his word. Keep our eyes on the will of God. You know, keep our eyes on what's true, not what's falsehood. You know, we need to meditate on this word. And then once we have meditated on, we've heard this word, we've read this word. Now we need to go out and do it and have absolute faith. We can't have faith and doubt. If we do, we cannot execute the will of God. Doubt does not exist in the kingdom of heaven. Fear does not exist in the kingdom of heaven. Depression, anxiety, dependency on the world does not exist in the kingdom of heaven. This is why it says that no flesh can dwell with God. We have to operate fully on his work. You know, and it's a Christ said it's a building process. He said, on this rock I will build. So we have to build ourselves up. And the way we do it, the scripture says faith comes by hearing the word of God. You get that faith, you, you get the, the initial block 
of faith, if you will, the brick of faith. But you build on that faith by continually moving forward, trusting in God, standing on his word 100%. And that's it. You know, I, I, I think about a lot of times when I, when I come up against situations in my life that, you know, I don't know how to answer the questions of how or why or what. But when I try to figure out these answers, when I try to, you know, calculate how to solve the problem, how to, you know, pinpoint the issue and all these different things that I deal with from time to time, I find myself losing peace. I find myself becoming worried and frustrated and and really don't even, a lot of times, want to move forward. Want to just say, you know what, forget about it. And this is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to look at our problem and say, well, how are we supposed to do this? Or how is this supposed to get done? And, and that's exactly how we miss what God has called us to. But he's calling us to overcome. We are never supposed to stay in a place of bondage as a believer. Ever. And that doesn't mean that, that bondage is typically, you know, you're in a home that isn't immaculate or your car isn't the best. Or It means the, that bondage of, I, I quit. Or I don't believe like I used to. Or I'm, you know, I'm dealing with depression or PTSD or all these different things. Christ came to set us free. I'm going to tell you, there is no doctor. There is no medication. There is no therapist, counselor. None of this stuff sets us free. This is All it does is patch the problem. You look at the story of the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she had this problem. But her interaction with Christ changed all that. Pretty sure that even though Christ had healed her, she still had in her head the 12 year routine of going through a problem. You know, her she would probably have to have her life set up in such a way that she was able to operate in that sickness. And for a lot of us we get like that. We get so we we, we end up building a house we build a, a, a comfort zone, I guess you want to say, in the problem. And where Christ comes along to set us free, we're free, but we still have this constructed, imprisoned type sickness or lifestyle or thought process that helps us manage the problem. So I could imagine all the different things she had to change in her life once Christ set her free. It wasn't immediate, you know, it wasn't, okay, he set me free, I'm healed, and now all these things just disappear. No, we have to go and transform them. We have to go and shape our lives as though we're healed. You know, I, I, I met a, a person a while back, and they said that they were healed from cancer. And then several months later, they went back to the doctor just to confirm, just to check up and confirm. Confirm what? If Christ set you free and healed you, it's time to shape our mind as though we're free. There's no need to go back and look and double check. What more confirmation do we need? But unfortunately, when we do that, we start shrinking in our faith because we don't really believe that we've been set free. We don't believe that God has taken us through the storm and brought us to the other side because we don't know our authority. 
we struggle to understand it. And we have to get into this word to know what he's commanded us to do. Does it sound insane that you should take up serpents and they should and they shall not harm you? That if you drink poison, uh, you know, any deadly thing, it should not hurt you. Of course, that sounds ridiculous. That sounds illogical. It doesn't sound like it makes any sense. But then let's look at the life of Christ and his apostles. Nothing they did made sense. Never added up to the world. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees kept on coming after Jesus. Because all their traditions were really common sense traditions. Wash your hands before you eat. Don't work on a Sunday. Yet Jesus had disciples that ate without washing their hands and he healed people on a Sunday. Or excuse me, Sabbath day. So yes, it's definitely uh, a, a warfare in this walk, a spiritual warfare in this walk that affects our flesh. But we have to know that we have the keys to the kingdom. And even back in Genesis, you look at God didn't tell Adam how to make chairs. You know, they're in the trees. He gave him the ability to understand how to progress, how to overcome problems, how to get past limitations. And all throughout the scriptures from the Old to the New Testament, God's work was always done through his workmanship. We do our part and we let God do his part. And our part is to walk according to his faith. And I want to read another scripture to help really seal the deal with what I'm saying today. Because we've all heard this, I've, I, I assume we all heard this scripture before that, you know, gives us this powerful drive inside. And in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been to church and I've heard someone say that and the crowd goes wild. That was like the, the, the game-winning touchdown or shot that just, oh, everybody loves to hear that. But if you keep reading on the, the, in the same sentence, it says, according to the power that works in us. God's not doing deadly for anybody who isn't working. So the power works in us. His kingdom works in us. His will, healing, peace, joy, prosperity. It's all done through us. So if we don't have it, there's an issue there. And it's not God's fault. And we can't go around blaming Satan because we know what his, his whole MO is. It's to steal everything God has given you. He said he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He didn't come to kill, steal, and destroy God. He came to kill, steal, and destroy what God has given us. But he can only do it if we give it to him. He has no authority over the children of God. None whatsoever. This is why it's so, Christ said that he set us free, free from the bondage of sin and everything that comes with sin. And therefore, now we have the ability to see God do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. 
So when we're walking with God, we're doing his will. We are submitting ourselves to his mandates. He will empower us to do things that we don't even think or ask about. That's how it is. Jesus said, well, my words, he said, if my words remain in you, you remain in me. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Do you know you have that authority? Do you know that is what's inside of you? We can't, we can't ask, we can't lean on our own understanding. We can't lean on the understanding of the physicians. And I heard someone say the other day that all the, over time, all the food we ate has really put a, you know, a, a, our body in a negative state. And it's true. But guess what? Our authority to come out of that negative state and transform our body rests in the decisions that we make, the same ones that got us into that situation. We can transform our health. This is why I, I, I really, I always stress the thing about medication and doctors. You know, it, it, it tells us clearly that all nations will be deceived in revelations because of sorcery, because of medication. And what is the deception? The, decep the deception is simply to believe that we don't have the authority to live out the, the spiritual, mental, physical, healthy lifestyle Christ has called us to live. It's, a, it's, it's given to us. God doesn't want us walking around depressed and saying we're his child, having anxiety and we're a disciple, dealing with all these doctor's appointments and we he wants us to be set free from these bonds that the enemy gives us that we literally put on ourselves. So I, I want to really just encourage you tonight to know your authority in Christ Jesus. We got to stop handing our victory to the enemy. We, we have to because we stop becoming a living testimony. We stop becoming proof. And, and that's the biggest thing the enemy wants because he knows that if you can tell your story of how you overcame, then more people are going to get set free. The light is going to shine in the darkness of other people's life. How did you overcome cancer? How did you get out of debt? How did you uh, recover from a bad marriage? How did you get past losing a child? These are situations that we all have encountered or encountered some of them. And we know people who are going through it or maybe one day we'll meet people who who will who has or will go through it. And they're going to want to know, how did you get past it? And we got to be able to point them to the one who gave us the authority to get past it. He called us to be the light in this dark world, the salt in this bland, common earth. So I encourage you to know your authority in Christ Jesus. Overcome the battles. Don't settle for defeat. Don't settle for, well, you know, this is my lot in life and I just have to deal with it. The Lord is dealing with me. All these different things we tell ourselves to help appease a place that God has never caused to stay. Never, ever. It was nowhere in scripture. Don't let the, the, the mega churches or some other church you go to that you don't see any healings in there is to say, well, you know, because I've heard someone say that after the disciples, you know, ministry was over, healings ceased. And that just 
does away with so much of the New Testament doctrine. Because Christ himself said, go and make disciples of all nations, even here in America. So we have the authority. We've been given the keys. Let's walk it out. 2022 is coming. A lot of people are, are terrified because there's a, you know, more propaganda and whatever else you want to call it. Work of Satan coming against the minds of so many people. You know, I saw these lines, awful long lines, cars down the side of the road. I think it was over a mile of cars lined up to get the solution to whatever their problem is, never realizing that there is only one solution, and that's our relationship with Jesus Christ, obedient to his word. That's the only solution, because no matter how well we eat and how much we work out and how often we see the doctor, his flesh is going to eventually give way. What happens after that is what's going to matter. So while we're here, let's stay emboldened and be encouraged and walk out his will. Let's go boldly before the throne of grace. Know what we're, know what we're commanded to do in scripture and be a living testimony and set other people free. So that's all I want to share tonight. I'm in, inspired and encouraged. You know, the devil's been coming after me. I'm actually getting ready to open uh, a gym for predominantly for kids and everything and anything you can think of has been coming against me uh, to try to stop this from moving forward. A faith-based gym. We won't be afraid to play gospel music in the gym, you know, or tell somebody about the Lord inside a public gym. So, yeah, he's been working triple time to stop me from moving forward. But I know that no weapon formed against me. It's, you know, I inherit this. I didn't always have this inheritance because I didn't always want to serve the Lord. I really wanted to serve myself. But I decided to make a turnaround, I guess, or, or, or turn down a different road and let God use me. And you best believe he's going to come. Satan's going to come with it. He's going to bring the business. And that's why it's so important to know our authority, know those those critical pieces of armor that God has given us. So we can stand, as he said, after we've done all that we can do, stand, stand. It's so important. Not kneel, not lay back, not throw in the towel, stand. As Moses told the Israelites at the Red Sea, stand and you shall see the salvation of the Lord. So be encouraged, stay in the will of God, stay in his word, stay in his will, the enemy is already defeated. Let's not lose another battle in the war that's already won. And let's be that light and that salt and make a fool out of the enemy every day God gives us. Dear Lord, we know that your word is true and we're standing on your rock knowing that we have overcome the enemy and we've already won. We pray thanking you for the opportunity to hear your word to be encouraged, to be uplifted, to know what exactly you require of us. And we pray that as we continue to walk the rest of our days out, that we'll walk with a boldness in the authority that you've given us. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.